Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. We're on Blue Wire. We're at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. We'd appreciate if you'd go over there, click, give us a like, a follow, whatever it is these, uh, was going on over there these days. I know Facebook being down was a real detriment to a lot of people for a few hours on Monday. But anyway, we, we move along. Some people couldn't break down. They couldn't break down the history of what's going on in the world without it. <laughs> no, nah, they only listen to themselves anyway. But anyway, that's for a different discussion. Um, sponsoring all of these discussions for a long time. I just made Zach, I just made Zach nervous within 30 seconds of the podcast. That's a first. <laughs> that, no, that's not a first. That's every damn time. <laughs> um, <laughs> sponsoring all these discussions for a long time have been our friends at American Fireworks there in Hudson. Um, they're always open and always online at American Fireworks dot com and as you do clam bake season and bonfire season um look them up tell them a does he sent you they've been known to take care of you again that's americanfireworks.com all right dre so i had a little time this week in the hotel room and in the airplanes and you know waiting and stuff so i came up with some new slogan ideas for the show and i want to run a couple of them by you you ready yes sir let's go you're listening to the a to z podcast and you matter Shut up, Bernie. <laughs> okay, all right. First one wasn't my, but I really like the next two, okay? No, 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 no. It's good, though, because I know where you're going from. That's funny. <laughs> all right. right. You're listening to the AZ Podcast, Andre and Zach, the guardians of the Cleveland podcast game. Shut up, Zach. <laughs> I'm not ready to have that conversation. Next. <laughs> all right. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one. You're listening to the A to Z podcast where we've been telling you for years that Urban Meyer is a brilliant football coach and has zero clue about anything else in life. True that. And if you've listened to A to Z for more than like a month or two months before we were part of Blue Wire, we have had rules for years telling you the main rules of not only life, marriage, going to college, high school. And there's like three main ones. And every once in a while, we get another one that we grab on that becomes one of the rules of A to Z. But one of the first rules of A to Z, and I'll keep it clean here, was basically stay off of dead spin who's died now. I know they're still alive, but they're, they're, they're barely breathing. Uh, but stay off TMZ. Stay off of those type of websites. And really, I'm going to come out and just say it. As a leader, you have a different – you're looked at differently when you're a leader of men, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go out and do something that you've basically told men for the last and tried to build men, didn't he even do classes at Ohio State of like higher character and things well, of that nature? Well, it was supposedly part of the package. I can't believe it actually happened. But Bullshit. Yes. Um, I've said this all along, and this isn't a pat, me, pat on the back moment at all. He's Butch Davis 2.0, and even Butch Davis found a way. And, I, and it's funny because the first thing I asked about this situation because this is how our minds work, because we've been on those NFL planes, those Major League Baseball planes. And I've all, now I've heard former players having the same question, Zach. My first question was when that video popped up, and I texted to you as soon as I saw it, and you just you didn't even respond. You kind of just gave a shaking, shaking my head. But my first thought was, okay, he's in Ohio. They played in Ohio on Thursday. Did he even fly the plane home? So let me take you guys inside just the, the mindset of when you travel with a team. And I've already heard players complaining about this, and Zach's been on those planes as well. Before any video came out of what Urban was doing this past weekend in Dublin, Ohio, where he obviously felt comfortable, he lost the trust of his team and the respect of his team by not flying, getting his butt on that plane and flying back to Jacksonville Thursday night after they lost to the Bengals. We used to fly on a team plane where the head coach would get off the team plane and he would get into a personal limo or personal car and drive back to Berea. And the team would go back on the bus, and that didn't go over well. Could you imagine a team that just busted their ass and had to play two football games in five days, get on that team playing Thursday night in, in Kentucky, and fly back to Jacksonville, and their head coach couldn't even take the time to get on that plane with them? Would you explain to people, Zach, how they've lost all credibility when you do things like that? Yeah, um, and, and, and that is a large issue. Now, I will say that it's probably really rare but it's not completely unprecedented. And if you don't get busted by people's phone cameras, then nobody ever knows. Right. Um, well, no, wait, wait, but they, the players, I see. I'm no, the players. I'm getting, no, you're I'm, right. You're right. The, play, the, the players, players and that's know. all that matters. You're right. Um, 
the one counter I would say is is here in early October in an NFL season when you do get that mini buy, as it's commonly known, you get those extra days off. No doubt, all involved get better from getting away for a couple of days, right? No and doubt. Her, but as a head coach, get your or, ass know, right. Yes. But as a head coach, get your ass on the plane and yes. fly back with everybody. They else pay you seven million like, dollars a year to be in that facility three hundred and fifty days of the year. And you can't lead by saying I'm too good not to get on that plane and go back. That's, with you no, guys. that that's right. That and that's. Part I mean, here I'll give an example. Thursday night, Pittsburgh Steelers are playing the Browns like 12 years ago. It was the time the Browns actually beat Ben Roethlisberger at Cleveland Brown Stadium. They'll probably do it again this year because Ben is as old as Zach. You heard that on the last uh, podcast that we did. There was a time where, and and this was one of those real cold games. Roethlisberger was too good to even come out and, and warm up outside. He stayed right next to the locker room and threw passes. This is when I was still being a sideline guy. And he had planned to jump on a plane right there off the lake and fly to Vegas right after the game on a Thursday night. I don't know if you recall this story or not, but I'll remind you. So Roethlisberger coming to, to Cleveland thinking, hey, we're going to kick the Browns' ass. Why would he not think that? That's what they always did at that time. And they went out and they lost the game. I want to say Schaefering had like two, two sacks against him. It was crazy. The, the Browns played out of their rear end. David Bowen. David Bowen. David Bowen. There uh, you Chris go. Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at you remembering the names. They ran all <laughs> over them, and they beat up this Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll never forget the big story of that night was because they got their ass kicked, uh, Josh, Josh Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, went into the locker room after the game, and he simply said, everybody is riding home on the bus. Nobody is getting any free vacation or early vacation time. We lose as a team. We win as a team. We ride home after the game as a team. He made Ben Roethlisberger and his offensive linemen that were going to get on a private jet and fly to Vegas right after the game because they got their ass kicked and how they played and how they reacted in the cold. Mike Tomlin made his entire team get on a bus and bus back to Pittsburgh as a team and said, after that, when you get off that bus, you can go do whatever you want and start your vacation. These guys are real human beings, right? Um, And in all my time, though, of hearing things and being around and knowing guys, whether I saw it or heard about it, were in uncomfortable spots because of their fame. It was never during the season, Dre, right? There's a couple of Freddie Kitchen stories out there that that are been passed around. It was never during the season. I mean, during the season, he wore the T-shirt to the movie theater, right? The other stuff was was not during the season. Um, (laughs) You know, I I know the guys have vices like the rest of us and anything I can think of, not during the season. Um, This is a man who – all right, so Urban's from Ashtabula. And when he got back to Ohio State for many years, I don't know about all of the years, um, would host his hometown youth football camp at the Spire in Geneva, which is right near Ashtabula. And, you know, just an incredible place. And more than anything, that's what I liked about it, going up there and seeing that place. Because if you live where I live, if you don't live near there, you never are out that way, right? Um, It's it's so far out there. It's so in its own area place. So anyway, so it's not like it was a closed event, but a lot of the Ohio State beat in July was not making the trip there. And I just, I knew someone that was involved with it. So every year I would get the heads up on when it is, right? And I would tell people that I I was working for Fox at the time, for most of it anyway, and we would go there. Well, the Aaron Hernandez thing happened in the summer, right? And Urban had recruited Aaron and Aaron had played for him. And as you, as Joe Hayden famously once told you, everything you hear about Hernandez and the Pounces is probably true, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say it, it was always at, around the 1st of July. It was July 1st. It was either July 1st on the nose or it was one of the days between July 1st and July 4th, right? And so right. let's just say, because I, I don't even remember the exact year, but let's just say that the Hernandez thing really broke on a Sunday or a Monday and the camp was Tuesday or Wednesday. So Urban would come do the camp, and then he would have an informal chat with, you know, two of the local TV stations would show up and three of the Ohio State people and one, you know, plane dealer or News Herald or, you know, whatever would be there. And so he goes and I say, you know, Urban, I have to ask you, given your relationship with him, I have to ask you about Aaron Hernandez. And we're sitting at a table, again, six or eight of us at the most, at a table that holds eight or ten. And he looked at me like, I have no idea that how how to answer that like he was so oblivious to the universe that he had no idea now by that sunday 
the following Sunday, he had gone the route that they always do, and he had called his buddies in the media in, in Gainesville, right, and in Columbus, and had gotten out there. But, you know, the botched answer makes it to pro football talk immediately. It's wherever. Right. And I just remember thinking to myself, I, I don't know what the answer was, and I don't remember a detail of that day, right? But I can remember thinking to myself, this guy is so clueless as to what's going on in the world that he had no idea that he was going to get asked about Aaron Hernandez today. Right. And right. so incredible football coach, motivator, recruiter, incredible on TV the last few years because of that knowledge of football. And just, this is what he was made to do. He wasn't made to do anything else. He really fucked up to his team. And obviously in general, by going there, <laughs> knowing he doesn't understand that even if you're a C-list celebrity, you can't go anywhere anymore because of camera phones. He doesn't. How do you not know that? But no, you got it. You know what? The other, like, here's the other deal. Listen, and, and, and we, I'm glad we're doing this because this is how our podcast used to go. Because we would just have real life situation talks, right? Zach, this goes back to another rule of ours. You, you have to have friends that say no. He has no friends no. because no man with no friends puts himself in that situation with the friends puts himself in that situation. If you have, obviously he's having a tough go as a head coach in the NFL. It's not like the same fraternity that you have in college because the college coaching scene is different. You're kind of judged or, or grouped upon who you can recruit, you know, how long you've known each other, uh, who's who in your family was in somebody's family. So I'll let you stay despite you possibly fighting with your wife constantly and getting the cops called. He doesn't have friends because anybody with friends would be like, dude, what do you know? I'm coming to get you. You can't be there by right. yourself. He, you can't, like, he loses his Ohio state job over Zach Smith, an all time idiot in dirt. Bingo. Right. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. So, again, like, no, you, Think you're, about you're exactly that. right. I'm just saying all of the layers of this point to a guy that just, that, that has no business being in this kind of leadership role in 2021, because you have to understand how the outside right. Right. I'll, I'll, it will end this part of the of the pod on Urban Meyer with this. Someone that will go nameless text me this morning, and it sits perfectly because this is, we've dealt with this. Urban Meyer, a man who has won everywhere and won't stop to say hello to anybody who runs worse than a four five forty. <laughs> Always been the story. Always. Been the story. <laughs> go, hey, you know what though? He'll be fine. And I will say this. By the time this podcast comes out, I'm not going to say he'll be, he may be fired by the end of the week. The players are laughing at him. It's, this is a bad look, and he didn't really handle it well in how he apologized. Because he, and his team, because and he's, he can't, Trey. He can't, right? Yeah. And his team doesn't – they already weren't crazy about him. I, I've told you guys this is Butch Davis 2.0 from the very beginning. He's not made for an NFL locker room. Good luck, Amy. We know we, we send you our best. We truly do because this is about to be a shit show. For a while down. Yeah, listen, I mean, think about all the shit shows we covered or were a part of inside or close to inside, right? Like, it mm -hmm. was never off the rails in the last week of September. It was headed no. that way, right? No. There, there were signs. There were things brewing. But the shit generally doesn't boil over until the clocks change, right? Yes, that's why we've had the comment about December, Berea in December. Yes, yes. And, and, and when it does, it does. And listen, so – you know, we always thought he was only going to make it like a year and a half, too, right? And anybody that's observed, I mean, the Jaguars have lost 19 straight games. And since they were in the AFC Championship game four years ago, they've, they've gone back to being what they've been for most of their existence, which is an awful team. Like, this was never, you know, they drafted the rookie quarterback. They brought in a whole new front office and staff. This was never going to be a quick fix. But what he's done here, Dre, is if the team quits on him in one game, they have to fire him now. Right, right. And so, he wasn't really – Yes, you're right about that. Here's the other deal. And here's the other thing he had. You, you're, you're dealing with football stuff, and you're right. Football yeah. stuff should be – well, let me ask you this. Should football stuff be more important right now, or should just the look that he's putting out there be more important? Well, because uh, you know, here's the other thing he's – well, let me just say it. Because you know this. The other thing he's dealing with is honesty. And can you trust him? There's so many videos and pictures, and, and people saw him in Columbus on Friday night in his own restaurant. Like, and then when he comes out and says, like, it just doesn't seem like he really told the truth. And so what do you believe when he opens his mouth? No, that, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> it is. He, he's, he's lost credibility in many ways. And so some of this is for Jaguars ownership and for his family to decide 
way more than us on the podcast, right? Way more than us laughing, but like, yeah, so I, I'm sitting in the hotel room, right? You're texting me this. I, I had watched, I had seen it. A couple other people had texted me. I mean, right. you know, once it became clear that it was pretty new, whether it was that night or the night before, right? And that it was real. Like the only thing I put out there, because I, this is exactly what I think, is what does Nick Saban think about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, did you te- wait? Somebody's text us dude, the, from that book where he says the only person. Oh, no, somebody else said that to me. Where uh, Miss Terry is what he calls his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. He basically says, if you're going to cheat or do something, you better do, you better, you better go, you better level up or go higher up. Yeah. And the only person <laughs> that he could do that with is Hillary Rodham um, Clinton. It's like, <laughs> That's it's a like, classic Whoa. story. And you guys can yes. look at it. Quick Google will take you to that. Yes. It's, it's incredible. Um, let's move on in football. Um, yes. Well, you know, let, let me, let me go through a couple. Let me, cause we're going to get to the Browns. We, we, cause we have to. Um, but I actually did some notes last night as I was preparing and doing some other things and we're getting ready for my wife's, um, uh, celebrity bartending event on November 8th. I had to make my drink today for that. I don't know if Zach, Zach just shows up to shit. So we want to drink beer. So that's all we'll plan on with him anyway. Um, I got to talk about fantasy football and, and we know the rules here on, on this show. Um, nobody gives a shit about your fantasy football team. Right. But I got to say. It is amazing the emotions that we get from fantasy football, or as my wife calls it, fake football. Um, like now that we're back in school and the kids are back in school, I got to tell you, Zach, I go to the bus stop every morning, and there and and, and literally Monday morning the conversations. What's you, you got anybody playing tonight? What's your score of your game? Mm-hmm. And for the the whole, if it's seven minutes at the bus stop, if it's ten minutes at the bus stop, if it's three minutes at the bus stop. Every dad that comes to the bus stop, and there's like five or six of us, and I barely say a word. And shout out to my man, Pat. They come to the bus stop, and everybody breaks down each other's team and what the record is and who, who pissed them off last night and who's, who, who's got to get to. Like, my next-door neighbor needed 10 points from uh, Mike Williams last night. And, you know, like, throughout the game, like, I had nothing to do with it. You know, Dre's nuts had already won, and, 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 our, and, and the galley boys had done, did what they had did. We still working with them. So I was, I was just watching, you know, for, and looking for injuries, as one of my friends says in one of our leagues. But the whole time, I know, like, my neighbor's teams. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mike Williams isn't going to get the 10 points. He's going to be so pissed when he gets to the bus stop tomorrow morning. And lo and behold, we get to the bus stop this morning, and I don't say a word. And I think, like, my wife or somebody was like, hey, so how'd your fantasy team do it? And he goes, Andre already knows. I didn't win. I only got one point from Mike Williams. It is amazing to me that our bus stop talks, whether it's Monday, Tuesday. So, all right, now tomorrow, because it's your Wednesday, tomorrow will be Wednesday. Then everybody will be breaking down who they're going to play on Thursday and next week. And, and it, it bewilders my wife and all the women that that's all we talk. We barely say bye to our kids off the bus. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's all breaking down your fantasy football teams. Um, I think it's amazing. And I don't know how, what this has come from. Um, but to me, I guess this is showing me that this is where I'm at as a middle-aged man, uh, that your fake football team, as my wife calls it, is the most important thing to talk about when you're sending your kids off to school in the morning. <laughs> well, the kids get on the bus and talk about it. Maybe not yours, but the older ones do. I mean, True. it's, it's, it's taking over America. It's what people do. Right. Um, it's everywhere. Listen, I'm in the airport on Sunday night, right? I, I get through security. I get connect. I, I got like 40 minutes to chill out and I, I get the game on. And as you guys know, if you've been following technology, it's not really my friend. So I get the game on my laptop. I'm like, I'm good. And the two kids behind me just talk about their fantasy teams for 40 fucking minutes. And I wanted to scream. <laughs> I just, I think I did scream. Because you got to wear a mask so nobody could tell, right? right. Um, I think I did scream. Yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, I play in a, a weekly uh, online with with my mom, my brother, and his wife. And you know, the first two weeks I didn't win, so I had to tighten up, and I've won. And the shit talking that goes on on those text messages, oh. like <laughs> it's not about like like we always say when you're playing with your friends or you're playing with your family, poker, fantasy football, whatever. It's not about the five dollars. Right. It yes. Is. No, it's, it's all about, about the shit talk doing. Sure. Yes. There's no doubt. And, and you're, you, we are the one, the ones we share are leagues that are longstanding in their own right and yes. close relationships and shit gets talked on, yes. on yes. email in person. 
right? So. Right. That's all it's for is to wake up and read the email, making fun of each other and yeah. laugh at the other one's teams. Like last night, and the real reason I wrote this note down, last night it had nothing to do with me. Like I was like, it was a team that we're three and one with. And I was, and I just wanted the other team in our division to lose. So they would be two and two because they beat us. And they literally had the win all the way till like three and a half minutes left in the game last night. And it was like the comeback of comebacks and uh, where Eckler went off in the fourth quarter, basically won the game for the other team. And it put us in first place by ourselves. And I literally like I had, it was like, I won a thousand dollars. I didn't win anything. we're We're in first place after week four in our league, but I was walking around my living room. Like I just won the lottery. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, and listen, for the Galley boys, every win should be savored because, shit, there's only been one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? But what are we talking about? Like, it's such a stupid game with luck and whatever. I mean, we draft our two starting running backs in rounds three and four. We get three snaps out of them for the season. They're both done. Uh, I know. Then we finally have our, great, our best performance last week, and we play against Cordero fucking Patterson. Yeah, who won't score again for six weeks. Watch. Yes. <laughs> Who's been in the league for like, it feels like 12 years. Right? I think I played against him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> All right. So the big game of the week was uh, speaking of played against. And this is, where, this is the other part of the football season that I, I guess I'm glad that we're back to normal, but it sucks that we're back to normal. Because there's certain words that you and I could just text to each other during a football game. And we totally get it. And I know during Browns games, I can text you stuff. And 85% of the time, you're not going to say anything back because you're actually working and you love bragging about having 85 missed text messages. So you'll be a dick and just not do that. So you can take that picture and be like, look at all my friends during the Browns game. But anyway, <laughs> during the Brady game Sunday night, because um, I, I, I didn't know if you're flying home. That, uh, I didn't know when you're flying home after the game, but I'm texting you about Antoine Winfield Jr. And I'm texting you about the weather and, you know, and, and, and everybody that bet the game, and I knew people that had thousands of dollars on, you know, Brady going in there and, and, and tearing it up. And, of course, the weather comes and shuts down the studio, basically, and doesn't let that game be a blowout. And you're on the plane the whole time. And the best thing is you land, and you're like, just landed. What's going on? And I, like, fire off, like, 15 texts to you. Yes, you did. Like, I had no battery because of you. <laughs> It was like, dude, I didn't text you during the Browns game. You got to answer me now. <laughs> yeah, no, I was extremely fortunate. There was there was like an eight twenty flight out of Minnesota, so with a noon local game, it it really wasn't even a sweat. And, it, and I got home. Uh, I was in my own living room by twelve fifteen, twelve twenty. So like that was victory. That was pretty good, right? Yeah, for um, sure. You did the right thing. So let, let's talk a little Browns, and, and I want to save some of this. Look, guys, it's it's four games into a journey. And the team is good enough that it's going to be a journey. And we're not going to remember any of these games except for the final result, right? Um, And for as strange as a game that it was, and for as many chances as the Vikings had to score more points, and the way they started, it looked like they were going to score 40 points, right? Like, I, I don't think that they or their fans from being there or anyone felt like they got robbed. I think the Browns were the better team. Right. It was just, it was weird. Um, the past yeah. game struggles, you know, probably took away from the fact that the run game was fairly dominant with only the one big play, but that set up points. The Browns won in the situations and the defensive line really won the game for them. Uh, just consi- the, the, the stats obviously weren't anything like um, what they were the week before, but, but Miles and Clowney were consistently there. Malik McDowell was consistently eating up people in turning plays and Malik Jackson was doing the same, although in a different way. And the whole blueprint was let's get better on the D line and let's be really disruptive and allow JOK and those guys to run behind and make plays. And JOK was awesome. John Johnson had his best game as a Brown. Denzel Ward had another good game. Um, And, and here was on a day you needed the defense. And and this is a, a hell of a stat. Only two NFL games have been won by a team scoring 14 in the last two seasons, and it's been the Browns both times. One was in a tornado, and one was just in the circumstance. So when you find a way to win, especially on the road, and it validates your preparation and your situational football and your building, because without Troy Hill, who they went and got, without John Johnson, without JOK, without Malik Jackson, right, they don't win that game, and they did. And and that will – could – loom large in the standings it probably will loom large for continued growth of the defense um we know what happened with the quarterback 
I'll get there. Let me yeah. let me let me just stop there for you if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I wrote down beautiful win for the Browns. Um, you need that game to be who they want to be. Why do I say that? Because being in Northeast Ohio and playing the team that you are, you're not going to score 35 points all year long to beat people. There will be games in December, January maybe, um, where the defense is going to have to show up. And you've spent enough money defensively that, damn it, the defense should win some games. You've drafted in a way. And all the things that Zach is saying, I, I totally agree with, without us even discussing how we were going to discuss this. You've spent money in so many places and the way you've placed this money, whether it be on the defensive line, whether it be with Johnson, as you just brought up, whether it be with this, the secondary, whether it's drafting JOK, even though he really doesn't have a quote-unquote position. And then, and I've been screaming this to Zachary Jackson and, and anybody else that will listen to me, get off the defensive coordinator's ass. What he did last year, he played with uh, JV players. And he was just trying – I mean, the guy proved when he has players on the previous stop before coming here to Cleveland – he proved that he has the right playbook to play things. And what I love about it, and Zach just brought up, that first drive, the feeling out drive, because the first drive for any team on both sides, it's the feeling out. What are they trying to do to us? What did they plan all week that they think they can do against our defense and be successful? They don't show you everything, but they give you an idea of what they think they can do against you. And Minnesota went right down the field and they instantly made adjustments and they pressured Kirk Cousins and them looking like Kirk Cousins I text another friend that, that said early in the game he texts me he goes man I never watched the Vikings he goes they got some offensive players I go yeah I go but I go I go trust me Kirk Cousins is good for three and a half quarters and then he'll piss down his leg was was what I what I text my other buddy and he kind of chuckled and he goes man you must watch a lot of Vikings games after the game they pressured him they took away, and 21 played great, by the way. I know the one touchdown where they were trying to bracket the receiver and it didn't bracket really well. That was on Johnson for not coming to take the inside. But Ward played his ass off, and I can say that because I know who he shut down. Um, this, was, this was a game we're going to look back on for many, many reasons. And before being negative and before being honest about six, I think that should be talked about. What they did was tremendous um, because that's the type of games you're going to need to win late in the year. And defensively now, going forward, you can have – look, they're not going to hold every team to seven points. But you now know that you can do that. The running game, by the way, um, perfect? No. But what they're doing right now with those two running backs is fantastic. Because if you really watched the game, and maybe when you were at the game, it was different for you, Zach, than us. But it felt like Hunt outrushed Chubb last week because he – I mean, biggest run of the game comes on, what, third and 30 on that, on that draw play? Getting points right there was tremendous. Um, So in saying all of that, you have a well-coached team. You have a balanced team. You have talented players all over the field. Um, I think there needs to be some real conversations about what's going on with six. Yeah, and and, and we're going to get there. Uh, All right. Let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, You know, analytics play a part in the Browns, no doubt right? In the Browns decision-making and in the overall organizational makeup, right? Um, they're an aggressive team by nature. They, they believe in gathering data and, and they have extremely smart people at all levels of the organization, right? And they do that. Um, and, and every week, analytics on the outside, every week there's a new fucking made-up stat on Twitter, right? <laughs> Whether it means anything or not. And, and as with any other stat, advanced or old school, you can do all the gymnastics with it you want, right? But the games are still played by real people and there is a human nature element in just four games into the season. And I knew this from being there. Um, and I watched it again just this morning, twice. When you have miles Garrett and the other guys, human nature says, even when the play call says it's a one and a half step drop, or even when your coordinator reminds you that you have to get rid of it a half second earlier than you normally want to, that weighs on you. That changes games. And for the future, Dre, these quarterbacks look during the week and they see, and once it happens one time, then yep. you've sped them up and yep. you've won. So you're not always going to dominate, right? And you're not always going to make that game-changing play or get that middle rush when you need it when it's third and eight and you take away all the vision lanes. But you can affect the game just because the threat of that there. And, and they've, 
greatly, greatly succeeded in that. Um, you know, the stadium was incredible in Minnesota and we were at a lower level and there, you know, uh, it's not outdoor, but there's no barriers to the press box. You're in the stadium. So we were in the ends, like more of an end zone angle and no barriers. So I felt the game in Cleveland. I'm up on the fourth level and I have a great view when I, what, when I want to watch a certain thing, right. But it's soundproof. You don't feel the game. No, you don't get the emotions of the field. And when you're working from there. And I'll tell you this, a couple of things. Um, feeling the game. I felt it with the defensive line. I felt it with the back seven of the defense closing on more than one occasion because the defensive line sped them up and the Vikings had a good plan. Like we have to screen, we have to throw some quick misdirection stuff to get this, this pass rush to back off a little bit. And they closed really well. And another thing I felt Odell's reactions were genuine and oh my God, was he pissed off. Um, Once or twice I can buy communication and just things that happen in the game. But, man, he was missing by six, eight yards. He was missing high. He was missing wide. He missed sure he'd be at the guy in the back of the helmet. And then specifically the one that should have been the dagger on second and yes. 10 with 340 to go. It was coming right towards us, right down the sideline. And I watched Odell get wide open, and he missed him by eight yards. Y'all got to stop that bullshit about he can't play with Odell. Um, that's ridiculous. Like, like, think about what you're truly saying. If this is like, it's just ridiculous. I've never, ever heard of a quarterback that was not better because of a talented player, a talented receiver, and can't figure out how to use them. I don't have the whereabouts to say it, what the issue is, but there's something that's not right. Something that just doesn't fit. It's obvious. And I've had coaches that coach in the NFL text me and text back and forth with me and say, it's pretty obvious how the game is called. That Kevin Stefanski knows what his quarterback can and cannot do. Absolutely. And that's how good he is. And the coach is the quarterback's best friend. We've been telling you guys that for a year now. Years. Right. He wants them to succeed. And therefore, he doesn't call plays that he won't succeed at. But when you get guys open the way he – I mean, I can off the top of my head, I can think of three plays where Beckham should have had over 100 yards receiving on like four catches. Like, like they're, the plays are there. They're there. there. One, one ball all day that they completed, and it was a big-time uh, – credit Baker, he made three big-time throws in the second half. Now, he only completed yes. four in general. Right? Zach. Um, yeah. But, Zach, they should have won, won 35 to 7 walking away. Whatever, whatever Odell's final stat line was, and I don't have it in front of me right now because we don't talk about that in the podcast, right? Um, there was only one ball that wasn't either designed or forced to him that he caught. Right. And he's right. trying – Stefanski's trying to get him. They throw him a swing pass. They, they give weren't him throwing him. reverses. But that's – you the know guy what? can change the game. I'll go back to this. And I said this last year. Great receivers. Now, is Odell top 10 receiver today? Probably not. Top 20? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell me a top 15, top 20 receiver in the NFL that's got to run BS plays to get him going. Every receiver in the NFL that's worth his salt in the game – gets a 10-yard out, gets a 7-yard slant. Gets, I can go through the route tree, the route tree of how you start them and get them going, what you run against double teams. I can go down the list of receivers, and I watch enough games. They get them open. They run normal plays and get them open. They don't have to try trickery. They don't have to run reverses to get their number one receiver going. Now, let me, I'm going to say this, and I do really feel this. The injury to Jedrick Wills is an issue. We said it last week. I'll say it again today. Mm-hmm. He, they got to sit him down for a couple weeks. I say that because the one thing I'll say about Baker, when he sees, sees ghost or feels ghost, he's never been an accurate quarterback. Go back to the year of Freddie. We could talk about Freddie wearing T-shirts and Freddie, you know, who he had as the offensive coaches and everything else. The biggest issue was Baker saw ghost because he was getting hit so much. He wasn't looking downfield nearly as long. That, that's just the truth. The other part is he misses Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is the guy that keeps him going, that he runs short routes to on third and anything. That's the first guy he looks at. Jarvis, not a speed guy, not a guy that has to get down the field on the outside. Right. Guy but that a plays guy, in the middle. When mid- he turns, he knows where he's going to be. Yes. yes. And he's usually in the middle of the field and is usually within 10 to 15 yards, correct? No. And yeah. Um, Baker had a couple days like that in training camp, right? And in mm-hmm. its camp, and he earned enough equity. And we'll go back to that word. They didn't panic, but I can tell you what happened in the next day or the next drill. You know where right. the ball went every time. Right. So. Right. And they don't and have them. Right. No. Right. So, so it's, it's twofold. 
And, and really, in all honesty, the conversation Zach and I are having, it didn't take this game for us to have it. This is, and for most of us, I know on Twitter you guys are fighting back and forth, and I'm sure there'll be about 15 of you that'll try to tweet at us and say that you don't like what we're talking about or we're crazy. 12 of you guys, Zach already has blocked. 10 of you guys, I've already laughed at. 1,200. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to tell, tell you something, just like we talked about Urban Meyer, and I'm just going to tell you in life, don't run from the truth when the truth is right in front of you. The kid, okay, does he have a bad shoulder? Sure. But I, in my opinion, my opinion, Zach, stay out of this part. For as quickly as he ran. <laughs> you know it's going to be good when you tell me to stay out. Because <laughs> you, co- you covered a T. For as quickly as his ass ran in that locker room when his shoulder popped out and ran back out, they shot that shit up. I can't take the excuse that his left shoulder is hurting him because – if that's the case, he wouldn't be practicing every day. Sure, it hurts a little bit, but in the NFL, you know what you do with injuries like that? You get used to it and you get over it. We're yeah, making excuses for him that he knows in that his own locker room that don't fly. It doesn't fly in the locker room that my, my shoulder popped out in week three or week four or whatever else. It don't fly, people. It flies on your favorite radio show with your favorite radio host who's afraid to tell you the truth. But that's not what flies in locker rooms. Trust me. And although it's a very practical explanation for mechanics being off, Mm -hmm. right, Um, and and for in general, there is nothing about how he has run or Stefanski has called the games that would indicate they're trying to protect him. There's not. There's not. And Stefanski gave the Vikings an extra possession by throwing again on third and 10 after they went for the kill shot on second and 10 and he missed him by eight fucking yards. So he was trying to show confidence in his quarterback and he was seeing, he was trying to attack the Vikings defense where he knew he could, but it was greed and it almost came back and bit and bit him. They got, they got well, really lucky again. The defensive yeah. line bailed them out. Um, the, the, you did go ahead. Thought, thought on six and we've been honest about him. Um, you know, guys next week is a year ago from that Pittsburgh game. When, and I wrote it, and I said it. I thought that was the end. I thought, man, the Browns are finally getting good, and they don't have a quarterback. Baker came out and has been high, high level ever since. This is one of a handful of bad games that he had. Now, it's the second one in a row. It's a handful of bad games. It's a polar opposite of what he just played three weeks ago in Kansas City, which was one of the finest games he's ever played and a Browns quarterback has ever played. Low fucking bar, I know, right? <laughs> but this was bad. I'll just say this. Sunday is start number 50 for Baker. He's 26 years old. He finally got rid of the change and all of that stuff that held him back. That, that nobody can succeed in. Every sure. player, every quarterback specifically, but every player needs this right supporting cast, the right coaches, time, you know, mistakes and learn from them, system and tinker with it. And we heard Baker say the biggest part of last year was getting to the bye week and they weren't grinding every play and every chart. They sat and talked and said, I don't like this play. I know you keep calling this coach. What are you seeing right. that I'm not? Right. right? It's the fancy looked and said, I keep asking you to do this and you can't. Why don't we do this? And they clicked. Right. But my point is at 50 starts and 26 years old and all that shit now in the rear view, he is who he is. Thank you. He Thank is you. who he is. And, and, nothing, and nothing's wrong and, with and, that. Now he's, and he's proven better than last Sunday. Right. He's probably still going to be your quarterback for a long time. But for all those who wonder why there's reservations, um, if you're going to make this commitment, if you're going to take this plunge, you have to trust this body. Yeah. Well, you have to trust that once teams have seen every bootleg, that he can still <laughs> perform. Yeah. Like all of these things have to be taken into account. Like you said, Drake. Everybody has to play through these injuries. This body type is different. Can always be banged up. Yeah. Bernie Kozar played – guys, ask your parents. Bernie Kozar played with broken fingers, jaws. His elbow had a bubble on it. It's the NFL, man. And if you don't play play through that stuff, the NFL stands for not for long. You have to overcome that. That's what they expect you to do. That's part of it. But with the smaller body, as Zach is getting to – and 50 games in, I'll put it this way. We had a friend text us last night. Would you trade the quarterback for the Chargers for, the, for Baker Mayfield? Do you want to tell our answers? <laughs> I mean, 
Mine was capital L, capital O, capital L, and you'd throw in two ones. Yes. I'll go with your answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, this is, look, the, and I want to say this the right way. This isn't a beat up on six at all. He has taken this team to another – he's taken them another step. He's taken them to a place they needed to go. He was much needed in the building blocks of where the Cleveland Browns are as a franchise. They couldn't be here without what he has done in his first 49 starts. And he's had to overcome a lot of bullshit that a lot of the guys, maybe more talented than him, couldn't overcome. I will give him that. But because he did all that, doesn't mean that he's the savior. Doesn't mean that he's going to be the guy that wins the biggest game of all. And I think we have to reality check ourselves to realize that. Yes, he got us out of of the basement of basements. But be realistic with yourself before you get pissed off and tweet me and I block you or, or mute you or laugh at you. Be realistic with yourself. Look around the AFC, the quarterbacks that you will have to face to get to the big game. We said it after week one. You got to figure out a way to beat Mahomes over the next decade. There's a kid down 71 who's scaring the crap out of the rest of the league. I, I, we t- both of us talked to coaches. That Joey Burrows kid is scaring people. The kid you're going to see this Sunday out of L.A. with the young coach out of Ohio. He's pretty damn talented. Different I'm just saying, Different look species. around the AFC. It ain't going to be easy, people. Yeah, look, uh, and this is not an overreaction to one game. Um, I, like I said, he has played, he has played well enough and the coach and he have established enough of a rapport that you would think a bounce back is coming, right? Yeah. Or can come, will come, whatever. I would just say this. And also through no fault of his own and no fault of Andrew Barry's or Kevin Stefanski's either guys, even as you downplay it, even as they say there's no negotiations, even as Baker says there's business, and trust me, there's not time during the week. This, this Browns organization is prepared. They show up every Sunday. No one's sitting around talking about or, or lamenting the contract or anything, right? Wow. But this is just the reality is of this, this hangs over what you do, right? Yeah. It, it, it does, and he's going to be judged for several reasons, but one being they have put an incredible fucking supporting cast around him. This is a top three offensive line. This is an unprecedented running back situation. This is an incredible coaching situation that finally has melded into you getting comfortable and not going through constant change and playing to your strengths and all of this. Um, He can be better. He has to be better. He even does not have to be elite, right? But the Cleveland Browns right now, and again, it's a month into the season, and I feel like I'm – (laughs) <laughs> violating my own rules and saying yeah. this trip, but like I, I know I am because I, it needs to be a lot closer to Thanksgiving before I draw sure. conclusions on any team sure. except the There's one no that has Mahomes yes. or another yes. super freak. But be, but because you don't have a super freak, right? Because you don't have an all time all timer at at the trigger. Right now they're not good enough to win big prizes. And that's fine. There's they're they're building and they've done and they can still figure out a way. Next yeah. All right let, let me off of that let me say this. Um, gosh, because you said that well, and we don't, and because that's not what we're about, and we're not trying to kill the system or kill the game because we nobody knows where you're going. But when every time somebody brings up, because even Goldhammer tweeted something at me about, well, forty million dollars, I'm like, dude, don't start talking contracts with me. That's not that's not where I'm at or where I'm where I'm going because I think with Jedrick Wills healthy, not a one hundred percent given, and with eighty out in the field. Hey, six plays differently. He plays with confidence. And he's not the first quarterback that when rushed or when pressured doesn't play the same as he would. Like, that's, that's, a, a unbelie- that's a one-percenter trait, right? There's only like one-percent of quarterbacks out there that when pressured and have, and have the face of the, of the rush in their face can play great. How do you stop Tom Brady from being great? Pressure him up the middle. Like, you know, like we all know there's certain quarterbacks, you get pressure in the right place, you're going to slow them down. But I would say this to the people that bring up contract stuff. Y'all better not fall in love with your jerseys because if you didn't learn anything about the Browns management side of things, they are cold-hearted when it comes to getting what they need and how they need it. Look at their contracts they've signed those two running backs to. You have two of the top 
five running backs, top 10 running backs in the NFL, and neither one of them is getting paid close to top five, top 10 money. Remember that. They haven't done anything crazy, guys. They signed Miles. It was a no-brainer. They signed Nick Chubb at a team discount because only Nick Chubb in the whole fucking world would sign that deal. Right. How about this? Baker? Here's a number. They went and got Jack Conklin who was a proven player and had come back and proven he was healthy from the injury. Only the injury and other weird circumstances with the Titans needing to sign Henry and Tannehill at the same time allowed him to get out there. They went and they miss him. And you know what? He's been pushed around a little bit. And they missed the shit out of him. Yes. What I'm saying is like how this is going to play out is a whole podcast and we'll probably do Mm -hmm. it 10 times over. Right. But like, you know, there's, just very little that says you should do it. And there's one guy that can change that, right? Yep. It's six himself. He's got about, what, 10, 12 more uh, opportunities to do it, hopefully. He was 0 for 6 when targeting a receiver beyond 20 yards on Sunday. Those are just the facts. That's not me making up something. That's not me loving or hating something. It's just a fact. You can't be that. I mean, in, in a league where we look at Mahomes every week, throwing these ridiculous passes and Aaron Rodgers throwing these ridiculous passes. We're not showing them throwing screens and and five yard outs to the tight end. No, that's just what it is. And we can leave it at that because I got to tell you guys something. And it's 15 to 33. And that's after a five of seven start where one of the two misses was a throwaway. Right. (laughs) Right. The other thing is, and we've kind of said this and I look, the chargers are young. Um, they played up and down last night, but what they're good is good. They're last year's Browns, Dre. They have a really <laughs> good are. team that, that needed a new coach and, and some upgrades on the O-line. Their defense is good. Boza brings it. And not having Jed, Jed Wright, and Conklin hasn't been perfect this year. None of the offensive linemen have been perfect. Nobody's perfect. That, that, so I'm saying that's not being – like, yeah. you're going to have moments where you get beat. This game is going to – look, I think the Browns, and I hope we talk later in the week. We should. I ain't got no other job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this game's going to be a tough one to win. I think Browns will show out, show up and show out in L.A. because uh, I know the L.A. Browns backers are huge. Uh, I know the Chargers barely have any fans out there. It'll be a lot like the Raiders were last night. Um, but you best believe this is going to be a knock them out drag them fight come Sunday at 4 o'clock. Yeah, um, and the good news about getting the last one, getting the one in Minnesota, is you don't necessarily need this one, right? No, you're right. This is a big-time game, and if you can get it before you come home and play three straight, um, it'd be wonderful. But You're going to get tested by every inch of that Chargers roster. There's no doubt. They're going to be prepared. They have a super freak quarterback. They have two big receivers who can beat you at all levels of the game, and that defense – and they got tight ends out of out the wazoo. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's it's a really good team. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a team that I love, and and there's one in Arrowhead, right? Like, yes, yeah, yes. It's a team without a ceiling, I think. And and this is a real um, each of their four games, right? Four, and they're three and one. They've held the, their opponent to its lowest point total of the year. Right? Can I? So uh, can this I? This is myself? not. This is not necessarily the get well game. To, let me ask you this. Let's get out of here on this. Okay. Like, I, I mean it. I'm not just saying it to counterbalance the argument. Like, I think the coach and the quarterback have earned enough equity. I think and – and it was so bad. I expect him to play better. I think that he can. Absolutely. I know that he, however, I'm not, look, look, look. Let me say something. I'm not calling for his head at all. I, I want him to get his butt back out there and play better and show that, he, that he's better than that. I do because he's their best chance of winning any big games. Right. Okay. So that being said, let me ask you this: If they're losing, say thirteen-seven in the third quarter, and he looks anywhere near the zip code of how that, how don't you have to take him out? You you got to start thinking about it because if yeah. Zinka suddenly, if the I mean, can you really, imagine? Can you believe we're having this fucking discussion? Uh, yes, I can because that's where the league is at right now. Look around the league, people. Look at where look at the quarterback that won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not how many years ago was that, Zach? Uh, five. And look where Not both even. of them are. Look where both of them are right now. <laughs> that coach is like, fired. That quarterback's a third stringer. Right. Like, this is the NFL. It stands for not for long. Just three weeks ago, the Red, Red Robin was telling everybody in, in Chicago it was his job forever. Shit. That's not how it works, people. 
This is not for long. Enjoy your jerseys. Enjoy everything else. Do we want that to happen? No. But do you want to win the football game? Do the other 52 guys that are breaking their neck out in that football field want to win the football game and want the best chance to win the football game? You better believe it. This is what no one else will say. When you have this contract discussion, you have to take into account that if you do it and you're wrong, you can't win the Super Bowl. Right. 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 I mean, credit look, to the Browns for getting to the point where they've won a couple games and you're like, ew. Credit yes. to the Browns for getting to the point where you're looking at games in November and December and January that are on national TV and are stop everything in your life games and are going to determine playoff seedings and all that stuff. Can't right? wait. But that means they're in the realm where they're either going to win trophies or not. Right. So far, they've had one winning season and won one playoff game, right? And, and they're into this season. They're three and one. They went to Arrowhead and showed they belong in this discussion. They've no found way. ways to win since then, right? The defense in a small sample size has gone through a complete turnaround, right? But you're trying to win big ones. And I see big red flags as to that actually happening. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, considering where we considering where they've come from and and what was the biggest rule we tried to make before this season started that we cannot be over our skis expecting yeah. everything all at once sure, pace yourselves right to pace ourselves but you this also is, got to that point of higher expectations because the quarterback had set a new norm a new expectation and he's played eight really shitty quarters of football and that's just eight and out of 17 games hopefully look back at this mark where mm-hmm. he turns around and gets going yeah. Well, let's stop making excuses about 13. When a player plays bad, it's about that player, right? Like, I don't hear Ben Roethlisberger getting killed in, in, in the Pittsburgh papers or Pittsburgh because, um, because the Canadian receivers hurt or because uh, the ones doing TikTok dances. No, Ben stinks right now. And when Joey Burrows plays well, I don't hear anybody blow up how great the receivers are playing. Is no, Joey Burrows is playing well. When Mahomes has a great game or has a bad game, I don't hear Hill being the excuse why he's had a bad game or the tight end. Am I wrong in saying that? Like, I've never, like, to me, I've never seen that in in any discussion I've ever had except here that we blame receivers for the quarterback having a bad game. Yeah. That's upside down, guys. There's so much whataboutism, too. What about he could throw better than Lamar? Guess who's fourth in the AFC North in passing? Right. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, look, look. Um, the fun's getting started, and it is fun. I'm on the road trips. I feel the energy, right? Uh, I'm you going to I'm, LA. I'm in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at I'll you. Be, I'll be sunbathing. Um, going to SoFi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After this week, there'll only be one stadium that I haven't been to, the, the Vegas one. So, um, the guys, thank you for listening. I just realized what time it was. We got to get out of here. So, we do appreciate you supporting us, um, supporting American I got, Fireworks. I got to get to the bus everyone. stop and talk about my fantasy football team. Yeah. Yeah. Drake <laughs> needs all the fantasy help he can get. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, again, guys, thanks to American Fireworks. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to Blue Wire. We will talk to you soon. Kanichiwa excuses.